Welcome back to Thinking About It. I'm Bob McGregor. And I'm Stan Fowler. And uh, today, Stan, we are thinking about, I think, what a lot of people are thinking about. A lot of things happening right now that have Christians chatting and wondering. Don't know if there's a lot of clarity on it, but uh, we are thinking about it. And today we want to talk about the responsibility of the church uh, to speak to government. We know that the church has a message to go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples. Uh, But there's this thing called government that is a minister of God. And if they have anything to do with God, is it the job of the church to tell them what that is? Because we know God, after all. So um, let's talk today about the prophetic role of the church. Uh, What do we owe the government? Uh, Can the government be helped uh, by the church if they choose to listen? And is that something we're accountable for before God? Well, we, we can probably occupy four or five minutes talking about that. Um, clearly, Scripture teaches us that, that human government of society in general is divinely ordained. Both Paul and Peter uh, say it as such, that the government exists for good purposes, and, and the church is called to defer to governing authorities. Now, we know that's not a strict absolute. We know that there comes a time if any government commands us to do what violates God's revealed will, we have to disobey. But, but we know that, I mean, Paul calls in Romans 13, the, the governing authorities, God's servant. Actually, Greek already uses this diakonos, hmm. from which we get deacon. But the word means servant, generally. It means it's God's servant with the task of punishing evildoers, bearing the sword even, and commending those who do what's good. So we need to teach God's people about that right attitude toward government, but surely that implies, if we understand that that God has spoken in some way about human government, then we can appropriately say to the governing authorities, as we understand God's will, God's revealed understanding his purposes for government here's here's what some of them are now the the canadian constitution the the charters of charter of rights and freedoms begins with a preamble Mm -hmm. that says canada recognizes the supremacy of god and the rule of law now we can i think rightly say that's, that's at least a reminder to government that government is not the ultimate authority in the world. Government is accountable to God. Now, in a pluralistic society, we have different understandings about God and his revealed will. But, but Scripture talks about a, a general revelation, a general sense of morality that all humans have. By, by God's activity in the world. And so we need to look for that. We need to look for overlap among, among different worldviews and different religions and say to government, you really do have a task of trying to discern what's good. You don't create what's good, but you need to discern what's good and actually uh, seek to act in ways that 
facilitate that. And is it up to the church to help them or to proclaim to them what that good is? That's the challenge, isn't it? Because it's one thing to say, God has appointed government to to commend what's good and punish those who do evil. It's another thing to define exactly the boundaries of that good and evil. I take it, it, it can't be as simple as, well, you, you look for God's moral standard revealed in the Bible as a whole, and therefore the government has to enforce all of that. Well, that would involve the government, um, you know, policing people getting drunk in their homes. That violates God's revealed will. It would, so it, it, it can't be as simple as that. So we, so we have to think it through carefully, and that's one of the problems for the church as church to speak. The church as church, the corporate body, has to agree, yes, God has clearly revealed that this, whatever it is, is the standard the government has to enforce. Now, that, that kind of gives us a backdoor because the church as a church doesn't, can't, they don't really agree. On, we don't speak that way, at least in my experience. Uh, we're quite divided. And when when has the church as the church ever spoken to anything, at, at least to include all of the church? Well, it, it, all the church could only mean what are called the ecumenical councils of the early Christian centuries. And, and, and that was not really addressing mm-hmm. government. Mm-hmm. But of course, I mean, at that time in the Roman Empire, you, you have a blending of church and state, which we don't have now, and which I'm thankful we don't have now. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it may be individual uh, leaders of the church who may um, appeal to government with regard to uh, the proper boundaries of government, the, the things they ought to be policing, and, and, and things they ought to leave up to freedom. But, but it's not simple. And, and that's one of my concerns in, in the current milieu in which we find ourselves, in which we find because of pandemic restrictions and we have this painful division of opinion among God's people about the extent to which we ought to submit to those and, and even the legitimacy of the government um, taking a responsibility in the area of public health. I think we have to ask, do we have a clear word from God as to exactly how the government ought to relate to public health? And I'm not sure that we do, in fact. So I would think a little humility is in order there. So if the government came to the church today and says, what, what do you want us to do? I don't think the church would say to a man, to a, to a congregation, open up, lock down. I, I don't think the government can hear one thing from the church. It's getting mixed signals, and I, I feel sorry for them. I wish, I, I wish it could be a lot clearer. But, of course, the, the government at various levels is getting mixed signals from every context. They're getting mixed signals from scientists. In Ontario, where we live right now, 
the chief medical officer of health for the province, is incredibly cautious uh, about this pandemic. I think that's safe to say. Mm-hmm. He, he is very nervous about any kind of opening up and, and loosening the lockdowns. But one of his predecessors, who was chief medical officer of health for Ontario in the first decade of the 21st century, has said the lockdowns are not the way to go. The, these draconian <coughs> lockdowns are, are a step in the wrong direction, mm-hmm. that, that they aren't properly balancing all, all the legitimate interests that the government has to be concerned about. So I, I guess I, I would appeal to my Christian friends who are debating some of these things and say, can't we admit, none of us are experts yet on, on, on this virus or its variants, mm-hmm. and, and, and can't, we, can't we admit that surely the state has a role in, in public health? I mean, if not the state, what other sphere of human activity would regulate it? Really, are we going to hand it over to the church? Which, not, not my church. No, and which piece of the church? Mm-hmm. How, how would we do that? I, surely, in our time and place, I, I, I just don't see how we can say the government has no legitimate interest in regulating public health. Now, all of our churches recognize that I think at some level, we all recognize the government appropriately creates fire codes for capacity of buildings for for public safety. Well, if that's the case, might it be the case as well that, that the government has a kind of responsibility and appropriate authority to put in place some some restrictions about gathering or masks? or other things related to trying to prevent uh, the spread of the coronavirus. I mean, I'm, I'm among those who would say I, I'm inclined to think the lockdowns are extreme and excessive. And, and I think the church, the church can rightly um, challenge the government to provide the evidence that church gatherings are a significant problem for the spread of the virus. So is that the church's job, or would that just be the job of citizens? Do we, does the church have to speak as the church on that issue? I think probably, probably to, to borrow um, a distinction from Abraham Kuyper, the great Dutch prime minister and theologian, this, this may not be a case for what he called the church institute, the institutional organized church to try to speak as a body, but for the church organic. Mm-hmm. Individual believers and even ad hoc voluntary groupings of believers with special interest and special expertise to, to challenge the government on those points. So there are, there are various kinds of Christian organizations that aren't the organized church, but they are organized believers, like uh, Christian Labor Association of Canada, the labor union, in which they attempt to 
to work out a, a Christian worldview and philosophy of work mm-hmm. and, and the role of employers and employees and so on. Um, it's not the church, but it's the church organic. It's believers who band together to do that. So that, that may be the way in which believers could have mm-hmm. a voice trying to challenge the government to think carefully about these things. We, I mean, one of the themes that keeps arising among some of my friends in this current debate, this painful debate, is, look, this is just the first step to tyranny. And we're headed toward totalitarianism here. The pandemic restrictions are just the first step toward that. I, I think we need to take that seriously. We need to recognize that that you know, once once a government takes on certain kinds of powers, it's hard to let go of those. It's very easy to expand them. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a legitimate concern, to be sure. But at the same time, we have to ask: Is the evidence indicating that that what's happening currently is really totalitarian, or is it well intentioned? Even if we think sometimes. They they get the choice wrong. Okay, so back to the the original uh, question that we've been circling here: Is it the the place of the church? We know that the church prays for government. Yes, uh, we know that the church acknowledges that the government is a minister of God, right? Uh, but is it is it the job of the church to speak prophetically to the government to call them to account? in the way that an Old Testament prophet like Jonah would go to Nineveh, or you, you, you see that dynamic. Just a final remark, is that the kind of thing that more and more churches or groups of churches should just rise up and really call the government to task? Well, I think we, we need to be very careful to make sure that we really have a clear word from God. And on a question like, uh, the extent of restrictions during the pandemic, I would, I would say I don't see that we have a clear word from God. So I would be very careful about that. I mean, Jonah went to Nineveh because the Lord called him there and took him there and <laughs> made him go there. Um, Nathan spoke to King David, but that's a, that's a part of the covenant people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. interacting together. Some of the prophets do address their oracles to the nations. Mm -hmm. But what they call them out for is flagrant, obvious violation of uh, rights that human beings generally recognize. They call them out for for violence, for oppression, Mm -hmm. which, which which was plain and obvious. We have to be sure that we have a clear word from God. So I think, yeah, if we have a clear word from God and we want to speak to the government, then, then fine, but we better be sure we have a clear word from God. Well, that brings us to the end of our chat. Uh, we hear once in a while, Stan, from listeners that uh, people do listen. They appreciate the brevity of our chat, and we're getting more and more responses. And if you're one of them, you can contact us at info at grandviewchurch.ca and uh, we'd be glad to include some of your questions in thinking about it until then i'm bob mcgregor i'm stan fowler thanks for thinking with us keep on thinking 
Thank mm-hmm. you.